On today's episode of the 859 Insider Podcast, we're getting ready because it's a burgundy and gold game day, baby. It's Thursday and the Washington Commanders are playing. I'm just kidding. We're going to we're going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, actual teams that are going to put on good performances. We're going to talk about high school football in the 859 from the past or last week, I should say, and high school football in the 859 going on currently. And tomorrow, again, currently Thursday, uh, we have a game going on as we as I'm speaking. And then obviously we have a packed slate of games tomorrow, including what I'm just going to go ahead and dub it the game of the year. I, I think I've already done this. So, again, I keep stealing uh, Barstool Big Cats thing. But uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm here with my good friend and co-founder of 859 Insider, Adam Conradi. Adam, how you doing? Uh, it's it's great. going to be a great weekend of football. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to be back. Another great week of high school football. As you mentioned, Simon Kenton is already currently kicked off. I think they're midway through the second quarter right now at Campbell County, and SK has a 15-0 lead in in that one right now. So that's a big 6A matchup in Northern Kentucky. And as you mentioned, yeah, another game of the year. Uh, This one is, I mean, it's a historic Northern Kentucky rivalry game, Covcap versus Highlands. And Covcath has had Highlands number over the past few years. That's not a secret, but this Highlands Bluebirds program looks like they're on the rise right now with Coach Spire and Brody Banky at quarterback and Charlie Noon doing his thing. I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders right now, going into a massive 5A matchup in Northern Kentucky. And it's it, it's been a few years since this Covcath Highlands matchup has been this highly anticipated. And I, I think it's just great to have that rivalry back in Northern Kentucky. Oh, 100%. And I, I'm I'm thinking about this in my mind, and I think I, I would say yes. But do you think this is this has to be the best chance Highlands has to beat Cubcath in a, a considerable amount of time? I mean, they were close either last year or the year before, um, just in terms, I guess, going in thinking, okay, Highlands might be able to do it. But like you said, Cubcath has had Highlands' numbers. So this, I mean, this this should be the best chance that they have in a, in a, in a long time, right? Yeah, it, it definitely should. But I mean... Covcath has looked very, very good yeah. this year ever since uh, losing to Elder week one. And we've mm-hmm. found out since that Elder is a very, very good GCL team. So that loss doesn't look that bad at all for Covcath. And they've just been absolutely rolling ever since. And then, right. Yeah. And Highland's offense is a juggernaut that we've been talking about all year. They dropped 50 again this week with a 50 to zero win over Boone mm-hmm. County. So that's four straight weeks where they've gone 50 plus points on offense Versus Covcath coming in on a six, seven game winning streak. I mean, yeah, two uh, two teams headed towards the top and they got to collide at this point in the season. Very, very mm-hmm. exciting for a rivalry game in late October. Right. And just to clarify, I meant that it's the best. It should be the best chance that they have to win, not the, that they should win. But as you said, I mean, this is I mean, Covcath, it just has looked good all season long. Um and like you said, their only losses to an elder team that came second in the GCL South. They're obviously a really talented team. But like you said, uh, Highlands with a big win last week. Cuffcalf, uh, they had a bye week last week. So again, a very, very timely bye week. But we're going to go through last week's slate of games starting off. Uh, Beachwood, 55, Holy Cross, 3. Uh, an ex- I think an expected result there for the Tigers. But let me real quick see... The Mitchell Berger touchdown count. Okay, so he had three rushing touchdowns, uh, and then he did not have a receiving touchdown. Uh, but Clay Hayden did get the nod for the Tigers. He went 12 of 14 for 181 through the air in three touchdowns. So 
Um, it does look like that the Tigers are opting for a change at quarterback. Uh, Clay Hayden, sophomore. So that'll be that's a little interesting considering that uh, Cash Hardy is a freshman. So we'll see, we'll see what's happening there. But of course, Peachwood has the has the absolute worst problem in the world and has have two quarterbacks who are both um, who are freshmen and sophomores. So that's always you know just <laughs> always great when you know the, the program just has a next man up after Cam Hergett. They have two next men up. Uh, moving on, Lloyd forty four, Newport twenty two. The Juggernauts doubling up the Wildcats. Uh, Lloyd again. They keep winning. That's four wins in a row. Uh, they are now. Five and two, they're getting respect across the state. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but the biggest test of their season is coming up this week. And mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Caden Zlager with three touchdowns. Uh, we're going to talk about him in a little bit when we run through the stats. Um, Connor fell to Cooper at home. The Jags taking that one 41 to seven. Uh, just Cooper rolling on. Uh, Adam, it's Cooper. That's the second consecutive game they won 41 to seven. But you got Kim O'Hara, six of eight for 142 and two touchdowns. Just, I mean, yeah, it's just the the yards per catch or yards per uh, passing or yards per completion. I guess the yards per catch uh, going crazy there. Eli White, 73 yards on five carries and two touchdowns. Austin Alexander, two catches, 101 yards. A touchdown. I mean, it's it, 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 yeah. Don't need to say anything. Uh, anything more about that? Just a clinical and dominating performance from the Jags. But Adam, I, I think Cooper is. There's ever since that. I mean, they lost fourteen to seven to Cove Calf, but uh, it, it seems like Cooper has kind of st- steadied the ship at the second half of the season, and they're starting to kind of, you know, move things along. But they they played Boone County this upcoming week. Um, and then they play Highlands. So what do, you, what do you think the Jags need to do in order to really finish out this uh, regular season strong and potentially uh, beat the Bluebirds? And then they play Butler to finish the season. And what I mean, what does Cooper have to do to uh, finish this season on a, a five-game win streak? Yeah, Cooper's gotten their offense uh, humming the past two weeks, 41-7 to seven wins the past two weeks over Madison, Indiana, and Connor. Uh, both games, they scored quickly, and I, I think – pulled up pulled out their starters in the third quarter in this past one and the third quarter in the last in the game before that so they've they've been blowing teams out and quickly the past couple of weeks and I, I'd like to give a shout out to Austin Alexander I believe it was in the first seven minutes of the game against Connor this past week he had an 80 plus yard touchdown catch a sack and a blocked punt all within like the first seven minutes of the game so that that's yeah. just crazy impressive he he's going to be an I mean, an absolute stud at the next level someday. And he's very, very fun to watch. One of the things I love, and I mean, we know that there's so much talent in Northern Kentucky, but one of the things I love is just the recent rise of just all around phenomenal players um, that come up. I mean, Charlie Noon at Highlands was a quarterback a couple of years ago and a good one too. Um and he, he, now he's a wide receiver and one of the best in the region. And Highlands has another quarterback who's obviously really good. But, I mean, you just have players like Mitchell Berger who does it all. And then uh, it just, I, it, like I said, it, it's great to see, like Austin Alexander, it's great to see um, so many players be able to do it all on the field. Because like you said, it's it just 
put puts them in a great spot to succeed at the next level, as we're seeing with a lot of people coming from the eight five nine. But just talk, speaking of Charlie Noon, Highlands, and you said it earlier, dropping another fifty piece. Uh, this one on Boone County, second straight shutout. Uh, just uh, they're rolling. Birdie Benke, nine of twelve, two hundred twenty four yards and three scores. Cameron Geisler, eighty two rushing yards, three touchdowns. Charlie Noon. 102 yards, two catches, and a touchdown. It's just this team is so dang good. And now they're on a six-game win streak after losing the first two games of the year. And after the first game of the year, it didn't really look like it. But the set after their 42-40 to loss to Simon Kenton, you kind of knew that Highlands had something in them. It was just, just similar to Cooper. They just needed to kind of figure everything out. And then once things clicked, things were going to be fine. And Things are very fine in Fort Thomas right now, Adam. Uh, another another huge win from Highlands. Yeah, they're just clicking on all cylinders on offense right now, as we mentioned earlier. Brody Banky leading all of Northern Kentucky in passing yards at 1,544. So they're heads above heels. Their offense is doing more than anybody else in Northern Kentucky, and it's been very fun to watch. And going into Cub Cat this next week, facing one of the best defenses in all of Northern Kentucky. So it's, it's a great matchup that we're going to see and, and we can get the best of this one. Moving on. Ryle defeated Campbell County 35, 20 Ryle back to winning ways. Uh, but the Raiders getting it done against a pretty solid team. Clearly they Campbell's taken down GRC just a couple of weeks ago, but uh, again, Ryle, they take that one. After that, we have Bishop Rossert picking up a big win over Bracken County, seven to six. Uh, Holmes fell on the road at Boyd County, 43 to eight. Walton Verona went down to Owen County and got a 29 to seven win. Uh, Pendleton County fell at home to Powell County, 52 to 14. And Gallatin County fell on the road in a close one, 22 to 18 at Shawnee. And the Thursday night games as well. Simon Kenton beat Dixie, 66 to 23. Uh, SK's offense is looking fantastic in that one. Mm-hmm. And Grant County fell at home 55 to zero to Scott County. So another tough one for Grant County. Uh, and Newcath kept it rolling, dropping 60 points at Ludlow with a 60 to 30 win over the Panthers. So that was last week's results. But uh, we do have some unfortunate news to talk about. Uh, the Bellevue Tigers decided to call it uh, a season. They have canceled its, uh, canceled the remainder of their season. Uh, it's been confirmed by the Cincinnati Enquirer. Uh, they started a season with 20 people on the roster, eight seniors. Uh, th- they had injuries. Uh, and I, we're getting this information from Bluegrass Preps, which uh, usually with this kind of stuff is actually pretty reliable. Uh, to give them credit, the moderators do like to sort of keep that, the actual information part, uh, a cap on it. The gossip part, I don't know. We can talk about that later. But um, Bellevue, they were 0-7. They had 685 total yards of offense. They were outscored 346 to 26. Just not, obviously things weren't going well. Again, injuries, uh, kids not wanting to, kids quitting, uh, potential uh, academic issues. Just when you have all those things and you have such a limited team, I mean, you don't even have enough players to put two sides of the ball, not have any of them play both sides. I, I mean, Adam, this is just, it's, it's really sad, honestly, because we, 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 part of the, I mean, 
part of the reason why we started 859 Insider was because we wanted to give these small schools the spotlight. And I, I mean, small school, small school sports is just kind of what epitomizes high school football, especially in a state like Kentucky. But yeah, Bellevue, this is just, I mean, this is just really sad news, but I mean, maybe this is just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure the conversations were very lengthy and I'm sure this was a very exhausting decision to make, but obviously just nonetheless, very sad and hopefully they can get back on track. Um, I don't know. Just a very sad situation. Yeah. I don't have much to add on that other than I just feel horrible for the seniors and all the players that were on the team that played this year. I mean, that that's tough ending your season short. And I mean, it's just a tough situation. Mm -hmm. I will say, uh, and I saw this idea thrown out there. What about it? Just potentially what they could do is they had a, a lot of underclassmen and talking about kind of re-energizing a program. Uh, and uh, apparently they also, the middle school team uh, canceled the last game of the season with uh, the same issues as the varsity team. I wonder if it's a good idea to just field field a JV team or a freshman team or freshman and sophomore team. I believe the term, I keep seeing the term Froshmore. I've never heard of that until recently, but um, maybe just doing that and really focusing on build uh, just the foundation of a program. And then in a couple of years, coming back to the varsity level and at the very least you're putting together something, or at least you have interest in the program. So that way, you know, you have a foundation to fall on, but Adam, what do you, what do you think that could, I mean, I think that could be a good idea to do something like that. JV a couple of years and see what happens. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, that's a good idea, especially just to keep the program running. You don't want to not let these kids play their full season. And that that's what you got to focus on is just letting these kids play. And I think that's what the main issue is here. So anything you can do to keep them on the field that, that, that would be a great solution. Mm -hmm. The remaining games, uh, again, obviously canceled, but uh, Holmes and Ludlow will play October 28th. So that is now possible because of this, or that is now, I guess, official because of this. Um, but yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm reading some of these comments and I think it, one of the takeaways as well is that this is just a sad reality of some of the really smaller schools um, in, in the, in, I mean, in small communities, I guess when you're talking about Bellevue specifically, it's just some year, some years, or I guess maybe it, there's going to be a span of time where you have a lot of interest in the program. You have good teams. You're able to, you know, do everything that you would want to be able to do as a good one, a football program. And then there are going to be some moments and some periods of time where you're just going to have this, where there isn't much of an interest. And the fact of the matter is, and I, I don't know if this is for sure, but I feel like the trend is for football participation is going down, but I would assume a, a lot of those kids are going to basketball or just other sports that it, it, I don't know, but it nonetheless, um, we hope that Bellevue gets back to playing soon. Um, Adam, let's run through some of the, uh, some of the stats. We've got the top five in a lot of the categories, but let's run through these stats and then give an EJ Walker update before we, uh, Get a little preview of this Cuffcath Highlands game and a, a Beachwood Lloyd and a couple other really good contests. But let's run through some of the stats. All right. So our leaders and passing yards that I already alluded to earlier in the episode, uh, Brody Banky from Highlands with 1,544, followed by Logan V-Rax from Ryle with 1,260, Jamarian Hawker from Boone County with 1,237, Cam O'Hara from Cooper of 1,174, 
and Colton Smith from NCC at 898 and fifth. Passing touchdowns, Brody Banking from Highlands with a big lead at 19 passing touchdowns already. Cam O'Hara in second with 12. Dasani Lane from Scott with 10. Logan Virax from Ryle with 9. And Evan Pitzer from Cupcats with 8. Our rushing leaders in uh, Northern Kentucky, we already have four 1,000-yard rushers at this point in the season, which is crazy. Uh, Benny Hill from Scott in first at 1,149. Landon Hopper from Dayton at 1,088. Curtis Hill from Holmes at 1,057. Demetric Welch from Newcath at 1,003. And Mitchell Berger from Beechwood with 963 to round out the top five. Rushing touchdown leaders, Mitchell Berger at, sits alone at the top with 19 rushing touchdowns. And we have a tie for second, Landon Hopper from Dayton and Benny Hill from Scott with 14 apiece. Uh, Demetric Welch from NCC with 12. And Curtis Hill and Caden Zulocker. Caden Zulager from Holmes and Lloyd with 11 touchdowns apiece. Our receiving yards leaders, as Noah alluded to earlier in the show, Charlie Noon from Highlands sits atop uh, the list, Northern Kentucky, with 599 yards. Kate, yeah, crazy. Caden Gardner from Ryle with 550. Tyler Whipple from Boone County with 518. Isaiah Johnson from Cooper with 463. And Chase Williams from Simon Kenton with 442 receiving yards. Our receiving touchdown leaders, we have a two-way tie from two Highlands wide receivers. Charlie Noon and Carson Class each have seven receiving touchdowns apiece. Uh, Isaiah Johnson from Cooper in second place with six. Caden Gardner from Ryle and Chase Williams from Simon Kenton both have five touchdowns. And Tyler Whipple from Boone County and Trey Barnett from Dixie each have four. Our sack leaders in Northern Kentucky, Xavier Campbell from Beachwood sits alone at the top with seven and a half. Dylan, Dylan Smith from Ryle in second with six and a half. Luke Zimmerman from Ryle and Austin Alexander from Cooper with six sacks apiece. And Amari Riley from Lloyd, Evander Abrams from Lloyd, and Gavin Hunter from Walton Verona with five sacks. Our lone uh, interception leader in Northern Kentucky is Quincy Barber from Newport with five interceptions already. Uh, after that, it's Devin Schluter from Gallatin County, Tyler Whipple from Boone County, and Ethan Powell from Ludlow with four interceptions apiece. Then there's about an eight-way tie for uh, with uh, three interceptions after that. And that's our uh, stat update. Like I said earlier, a lot of talent in the area. Adam, let's talk about it. Let's. We've been waiting for this for so long. It's the game. Covcat, Highlands. It's, it's just an absolute showdown that we've, I mean, again, like we've been waiting for this. It's uh, in Park Hills this year, kicking off at 7 p.m., uh, on Friday, tomorrow, October 14th. Adam, what are the keys? And you know what to do. What's your prediction? I mean, this is this is a huge game in Northern Kentucky, as we've been alluding to all episode. Cuffcath is absolutely on a roll right now. Their defense looks incredible. They haven't given up more than 19 points since week two against Pikeville in the Pike County Bowl on the road. And then after that, they've given up 14 twice, 6, 7, and 0. Highland says we've alluded to their offense is insane. So it's 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 uh, going to be a matchup for the trenches. I mean, Highlands loves to loves to throw the ball, and Cuffcath has great passing defense, and a rushing defense is great as well. And Cuffcath loves to run the ball with uh, Owen Lean. He, he's been doing it all so far for Cuffcath this season. But I mean, I I just have to keep the edge for this one with the Colonels because 
they've just gotten it done against the Bluebirds over what past decade now. And until I see it happen, I I've got to stick with Cuffcalf, especially in a home game here. And I still remember getting my prediction wrong for the Beachwood Cuffcalf game because I didn't take the Colonels. So I'm not going to let that happen twice in one season. <laughs> yep, I, I have to agree. I think I'm going to go Cuffcalf just because of that home field advantage. Um, if there's ever a game where the offensive train gets derailed, it's this one. And I totally agree with you. It's it, I don't want to make the same mistake with uh Cuff Calf. I don't I think it's I think they've entered the prove me. I don't know. I think this is such a prove it game for Highlands in the biggest sense. And I keep we keep making this joke about Highlands being back, but if they win tomorrow, I think that's actually the sign that Highlands is back. So officially back. It, right. Like you know, Texas style, hook 'em horns. Hook them birds, I guess. I don't know. Claw them birds. I don't know. But um, <laughs> definitely, if Highlands wins tomorrow, that's a, that's a. I mean, again, that's a statement win for the entire program. But I'm gonna have to, like you, Adam. I'm gonna give the nod to the Colonels. Um, another big game: Beachwood hosting Lloyd. I think the Tigers are favored in that. Or I, I think the Tigers are favored or expected to win, but. This is, again, just a big potential statement that could be made by Lloyd. Adam, what is Lloyd? I mean, does Lloyd have a shot, and what do they have to do to pull off, again, just a defining win uh, just or a statement win? Yeah. I mean, Lloyd's been on a roll pretty much all year. Uh, as we've mentioned, they could very easily – I mean, what, what are they sitting at? They're sitting at 5-2, and two and they could – very easily be sitting at seven and zero this year. They have two one point losses, so I mean, just anything goes right in those games, and they're sitting at seven and zero. But Beachwood, their strength of schedule is very impressive. Their only common opponent is Dixie, who Beachwood beat thirty seven to fourteen two weeks ago, and uh, Lloyd fell in the first game of the season thirteen to twelve at Dixie. But I think that Lloyd, this Lloyd team, is in a very different spot from that point. But I, I just don't know if they have all the firepower that they need at this point to beat the Tigers. I think this Lloyd team is very good and can make a deep run in 2A, but Beachwood is the class of 2A, and I don't think Lloyd is there just yet. So I'm going to stick with the Tigers on this one. Yeah, I think Beachwood definitely just overall has more talent. Just like you said, they're the class of 2A. Uh, but it's the game is going to be one on the ground. I mean, if you got Isaiah Sebastian and Caden Zulager, if they if they find something, you know, early on, maybe come out and who's to say they don't just open the game with a long touchdown and all of a sudden you got Beachwood on their heels. Who's to say? But Mitchell Berger is one of the best players in in the entire region. So um, it, it's just going to be a situation where we'll see if Lloyd can put something together. I, I I agree with you. I think Beachwood gets it done, and I I think, like you said, there and don't like to use transitive property, especially because Lloyd is in a much different spot in the season, as you said. But Beachwood handling Dixie, I think, also just shows that that Cuffcalf loss was more of a Cuffcalf is really 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 good, not Beachwood's on a down year. Um, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, uh. On KHSA, they still have Ludlovers Bellevue, but obviously that will not be happening. Uh, Paris will take on Bishop Brossert. That one will happen at the Mustang Athletic Complex at 730. 
Cooper playing Boone County. That should be a good uh, district matchup. NCC, they will take on Dayton. Dayton going to be the host of that one, uh, which begins at 7 o'clock. Pendleton County will take on Fleming County. Uh, Ryle will host Dixie. Harrison County will host Holmes. Scott will host Boyd County. Uh, Gallatin County will host Trimble County. And Walton Verona will host Shawnee. And then on Saturday, we have Holy Cross Newport at Bishop Rosser to round out the week. Also, a quick halftime update of the Simon Kenton Campbell County game. Simon Kenton is up 29 to 7 over the Campbells at halftime. Simon Kenton on track to maybe hang 60 again. But that's a, that's a, that's a big statement to be the team like Campbell County uh, like that. And, you know, talking real quick, talking about the other football, uh, a score coming in from the ninth region boys soccer tournament. Uh, Covington Catholic two, Dixie Heights one, the Colonels, the Blue Colonels defeating the Red Colonels. So uh, Covcath moving on there. Uh, also happening tonight is Ryle versus Highlands. Uh, so that one will um, determine, I believe. Hold on, that'll determine the ninth region championship. Yep. yep. That. Yep. So we're uh, get it. Get it. I mean, the Colonels doing what they always do. It seems like making it to the regional title. Uh, on the girls' side, yesterday, Highlands defeated Dixie Heights in overtime, two to one. Uh, Bishop Brossert beat GRC five to two. Campbell County beat Harrison County eight nothing, and then Notre Dame defeated St. Henry. I believe those four to one. Pandas winning that one, defending state champions, doing their thing. Uh, like like I just said about Cuffcath, Notre Dame regional championships kind of a, a common theme um adam i think we're gonna have to add a new segment real quick as we uh or get ready to wrap this up ej walker update where <laughs> i think we're just gonna pretty much uh i don't know read ej's tweets but he's it, like we said last week he's just getting a ton of interest yeah yeah uh, i had texted you before this that he he retweeted something from louisville live and i was getting excited about that would love to see him be a cardinal Yep, he's uh, getting, you know, obviously interest from the cards there. Uh, Ohio State basketball, Jack Owens on their coaching staff. He was uh, he was in Erlanger today. Minnesota also is there. So, you know, two Big Ten teams already going at it. Uh, he, he took a visit to Illinois. So he, he's just getting so much interest. And he obviously went to Hoosier Hysteria, which you talked about last week. But EJ Walker... That's that's the EJ update. We're gonna we're gonna have to try to get him on the pod for sure. Him him and his dad, uh, the coach at Lloyd. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, as as St. Henry grads, and uh, you know we're journalists, so we got to put our bias aside. But um, Lloyd is definitely entering a very fall. Uh, just they're gonna be really good for the next couple of years. So I think Lloyd's gonna be a uh, pretty big presence in the uh, ninth region again for the upcoming years but adam anything to add before we wrap things up here and uh, get going uh just excited for another week of high school football big rivalry week uh cannot wait for that Cath highlands matchup as well as that uh beachwood lloyd matchup i think that that one might be a little closer than we might think mm-hmm. yep it's you know a lot a lot of good games coming coming this week but that'll do it for this week's episode of the 859 insider podcast for adam conradi i'm noah ziggler go commanders